Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yo, Jock. Yeah. I don't think they're ready for this one. And now, the fan's voice be heard. Welcome to the fan's voice radio, everyone. My name is Chrissy. I am your host. And today is November 4th, 2015. Uh, My special guest is going to be Brian Hurwitz. He's the writer of the original South Beach. If you haven't heard that before, 
of it before. Um, the song that I just played was actually uh, sung by Anna Villafagne, who plays uh, Carmen Suarez on South Beach. Uh, what it is, it's this new drama produced by Hulu that I'm sort of describing it as Dexter meets Madman meets Revenge. Uh, there's a lot of drama going on. The series takes place on South Beach in Miami, where tensions between local mob bosses come to a fever pitch after a major player is killed. Meanwhile, Carmen Suarez, an up-and-coming singer, clashes with her producer, who just happens to be her brother. Then there's the hottest DJ in town trying to get make a name for himself and also seems to be enamored by Carmen. Lots of drama, murder, and mayhem on Miami South Beach. Brian Hertzwitz is the man behind the drama who spun a web of deception, action, and lust. So please help me welcome Brian Hertzwitz. Hi, welcome to the Fans Boys. How are, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you for having me. Sure, sure. Okay, so why don't you just first tell me, how did you get involved in this project? Because you, you're the writer I, of this. <laughs> yes. Uh, actually, it had, it had been an incubation for almost 10 years. I had been working with the executive producer, Bill O'Dowd, on another project, and he had expressed interest in something somewhat sort of shaped like South Beach and uh, set me the task of coming up with a show about it. And over a period of time, I did so, and we developed it and sharpened it and honed it and figured out what we wanted, what we didn't, what we wanted to focus on. And we both knew Miami so well. I went to uh, graduate school, and I put myself through graduate school in Miami by bartending on South Beach. So oh, wow. I sort of a, a back-end view of this. Uh, I act, I'm, I'm actually Frank. I based the character of Frank just on me. Not, uh, I'm not nearly oh, as that's pretty funny. as Frank, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, that, that was me. And oh, so uh, that's how I sort of gained entry to the world. Yes. Uh, so that was my entree to the world, and that was how I understood it, and I, I knew the people and the players, and uh, we sort of built around that. My passion has always been murder mysteries and Bill O'Dowd's oh, passion okay. in music. And uh, we forged them together and kept, as I said, you know, just uh, building upon building upon Dory until we had something we thought was special. And then we built on that and uh, we tried to bulletproof it as best we can, plan the show out until the very end. I didn't right. really even write a single word of dialogue until then. So... Oh really? That's interesting. Oh yeah. So oh. why why not? Like, what was your? Why would you do that process of sort of putting before you even have anything in writing? That's interesting. Uh, well, the, oh no. I, when I say writing, I, I mean actually the, the actual scripts. We wanted to make sure that our story was uh, as fractureless as possible. I, I just I'm I'm such a fan of of the television form, and every show you you compare it to yeah. is. is an extraordinary compliment, and I thank you so much. Some <laughs> oh, of my favorites of the past 10 years. So, Revenge and Mad yeah. Men, uh, brilliant. Yep. So, that is, what we, I mean, one of my favorite shows of all time is Lost. And it was, uh, oh, I mean, yeah. I, I could even make an argument it's my favorite show of all time. But I was so disappointed by the ending. And, again, I know just as many people who loved it, I didn't love it. And that right. means nothing more than, I mean, you can't have something that, world-shaking and not have a, a disparity of opinion. And I yeah. just didn't feel as though it showed they knew where they were going. 
And with shows like that in mind, we, we wanted to make sure we knew exactly where we were going because the one all-encompassing element that tied every single storyline together was the ghost. So the ghost has to tie into everybody, and, and it has to make sense. And when the ghost is ultimately revealed after 80, 100, however many episodes, it has to right. be satisfying. It can't just be random, and it can't just be some character you met in episode 36 that you never saw again that somehow has some preternatural understanding of everybody else's character, even though you've never understood anything they were about. So right. that was our focus, and we didn't write a single script until we knew exactly who was going where and when and why and who was going to die and who wasn't going to die, and right. all that was planned that's that's the beauty of a show like this. You know, the idea is that you have to, like, sort of weave all these storylines together in when you're creating something like this. And it's a bit of a soap opera feel to it because, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the characters, obviously, you know, are attracted to each other and, and things like that. But, um, but I find it just interesting that, yeah, the main thing – I think that Lost was, I was a huge Lost fan as well. And it seems like after season two, they just didn't know where to go with it. Or they would be, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened with that. So I feel like that, yeah, I mean, you've done a good job at laying the foundation uh, in, in the first season, the first six episodes that I've seen. And um, I'm anxious to see, you know, how this is all going to play out. I, I'm so happy that you got Jordy Villasuso. Uh, I always say his name wrong. I hope I said that right. Anyway, I love that he's you on it. You said it right. Ah, goody, okay. <laughs> I love that he's on it. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, of course I was drawn to it immediately because of that. <laughs> Not alone, but, but the story is, you know, it's 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 really good. I, I really enjoyed watching it. I mean, I binge-watched it. So, is that... For me, that's really difficult. If I don't really like something, then I, you're not going to come on my show. You know what I mean? Because I get, feel like I can't be uh, about it or anything. So anyway, so um, let me ask you, well, then, what other, how many, do you have like a writing team that you worked with? Or, or how did it all, or are you just doing the script yourself? No, I, uh, I wrote all the scripts myself. I actually uh, wow. had written them a while back. Um, and, you know, we tweaked them over a period of time, uh, and they actually started as a much larger body. I, I must have written thousands of pages to get it down to ultimately what was probably about a 150-page shooting script. Um, and uh, it's certainly I, I've, I've worked in capacities where there were other writers, there were writers' rooms, there, were, uh, there was a shortage of writers. There were too many writers. Too many cooks certainly spoils the broth sometimes. You know what? Not enough does. But being able to work, with, we we had a very specific team in place. Bill O'Dowd, mm-hmm. creative producer, Emerson Davis. The three of us know everything about the show. We planned it out, like I said, to a T, to make sure yeah. every detail was contained. But I would they, they uh, certainly gave me a great deal of leeway in crafting the story, so that I right. pretty much came up with what I thought was a great story, then presented it. And we got together and edited it and teared it down. And, you know, you go through that whole writer process where you're like, oh, God, how could I be so stupid? That was a good, I thought right, that was right. a good idea. Terrible. It's so, so, so obvious. So I, uh, 
I, I pared it down from that and that, and slowly but surely we made sense of every character, made sure they all had the exact arcs we wanted them to have. They ended up exactly where we wanted them to be after X amount of episodes, created, okay. you know, the proper degree of, you got to have your love triangles, you got to have right. your intrigue, but, you know, for, for me, uh, every character that I create ever, the only kind of things I like to write are the kind of things where somebody has a secret. And every character yeah. had to have a secret. So as soon as we had every character's secret, we knew where we were going and where we had to end up. Uh, some are revealed, some are fakes, some are totally right. So we what? are playing towards that. I've actually just uh, finished the initial notes and outlines for season two. And uh, we're in the process of cutting that up and deciding what we want to reveal and when we want to reveal it. That's, that's awesome. Let me ask you about the location. So you, you because you lived in Miami and worked and played in Miami, that makes sense now that you told me that. Um, you, did you actually go to Miami to film or no? Oh, like- yes. We filmed it on lo- – everything was filmed on location. We thought that it was – you can only do so much with the writing, even if you're uh, – someone who's extraordinarily familiar with whatever area you're writing about and the script is just right. imbued with tales that, that make it real to the reader. You got to make it real to the viewer. So right, I mean, right. you can certainly do exteriors and then decide to shoot somewhere far, far different, more convenient, more, uh, less expensive. We did everything in Miami. Everything was wow. shot in and around Miami. Um, I don't want to, you know, I mean, a couple of things were shot in Fort Lauderdale, so I don't want to totally yeah. Miami, but Almost all of it was in Miami, 100% of it was South Florida because it has that feel and it doesn't have the same yeah. feel elsewhere. I've, I've seen films where they've perpetrated it as Miami. And it looks, I mean, as someone who lived there for years, it looks nothing like Miami. And, of course, that doesn't ruin it for the people who – it didn't even ruin it for me. It didn't ruin it for the people right. who knew nothing about it. It's just it, – I think when you do something that, where the – place is a character, you have to actually make it a character. And South Beach is in and of itself a character. A character. So it had to be real. It had to live, it had to breathe, it had to have an energy all its own. And it's unlike anywhere else in the world. So you had to personify that as it was and as I saw it and as Bill saw it and as Emerson saw it and as Josh, our director, saw it. So we tried to get all of that out on screen. Well, what were some of the difficulties in filming um, at an actual location? I mean, was you know, did you come up with, were there any other issues that came up? Oh, sure. Always, you know, filming is always its own unique storm. Uh, you never know what's going to go wrong. You can, that's, pre-production right. is everything in television or film. Because <laughs> you just plan for the worst and hope for the best. Um you know, there were there were consistent hang-ups. There were consistently problems with casting. Um, we all kept thinking that no matter what, it was going to all turn out for the best, and it really did because I, I, I've never worked on something where I was happier with the cast, where I actually felt that I saw my characters come to life in a way that I felt gratifying as opposed to mm-hmm. just having to weather the storm and realize, all right, another project down and gone. So right. it was... It, it was just a struggle sometimes, obviously, always to, you know, you make your days, no matter what the budget is, certain problems you can throw money at, but you're going to do something quality, right. you can't throw enough money at it, it doesn't matter how much you have, and that was always the struggle, just making sure that we were all on the same page between Josh, the director, the producers, and myself as the writer and creator, and uh, 
Most days it was fairly seamless. Most days it was we were all on the same page. But uh, again, occasionally things come up where you're like, okay, wow, we have to. It's, we're fourth and long. You got to punt, and you have no choice but to figure out on the fly. That's where usually the writers, for instance, movies I've worked on, there's really no need mm-hmm. for a writer to be there. I mean, occasionally they'll they'll pay an absurd amount to have some fancy writer on set just in case right. something goes wrong. <laughs> but when you're on a TV set you don't realize, wow, oh, my God, this completely affects something that happened in episode three and we're shooting episode five and right. fix it. And we well, got 20 minutes to fix it. Do it Yeah, now. well, it's all like continuity, too. It's just a lot. It's a whole different animal versus movie versus a television show. I mean, it, you know, it, it's and because it's continuing drama, basically. Well, now you Absolutely. said, you talked about, uh, you, you said something to the effect of that um, that you know. Do you know what? At how many seasons that you're shooting for? But, I mean, you you have to know when the ghost is going to be revealed, or do you? Or is that just kind of your put a pin on it for right now? Absolutely. Um, what what it originally the the original incarnation was to do a full ten episode sixty minute season. Uh, however, circumstances being what they were, Hulu presented itself, and they wanted to do a very specific six-hour half hour, six half-hour breakdowns. So we made okay. it fit. We took what we had to make it fit into that framework because Hulu has just been a phenomenal platform to get the show out there to get people to see it. You could have the greatest show and something that's infinitely better than Lost, which I mean, in my mind, actually. It's difficult to conceive, but still, imagine yeah. that it's possible. Uh, and how do you get people to watch it? Well, I mean, Hulu is an incredible platform that really got us into places that we couldn't have gotten if we were on some other right. red channel. So, right. so we we certainly decided, okay, the story has to be retold in a certain way. As we're crafting it for the second season, we're we're, we're making changes for where we're finding the interest coming from. And okay. we're deciding how much we can reveal and how much we can't. So technically speaking, absolutely, I've planned out roughly seven, eight seasons along with, you know, Bill and oh, Emerson cool. figured out seven, eight seasons worth of the normal hour type drama. Who Hopefully, God willing, we'll get to tell all of that and more. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping because I mean it's really it's I'm just intrigued by the ghost guy I mean and the bloody the bloody handprint and then how it's all going to tie into 20 years ago and I, you know it, it 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 has me intrigued that's one of the things that I absolutely love about the show and um and I and I also I love the music at end of it it seems like a lot of shows are really doing this, this music drama series. Um, you know, because you've got Nashville, uh, of course Empire is, you know, you know, one of the main ones on Fox TV. Um, I, I was just wondering, like, what does it entail on that end of it? Because you know, you got to write the, it's, uh, do you guys write the music for this? You know, who who picks the music? And uh, I absolutely I love the, the song that I played at the beginning of the show uh, by the Anna thing, the that's a great song. So how did that all come about? Uh, we we hired some brilliant music supervisors, and we uh, we directed them specifically in terms of what we wanted, the kind of sound we were looking for. 
certainly, um, you know, and again, you, you flatter me by comparing me to such extraordinarily entertainment achievements as, as Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and Nashville as well. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Empire, and I've only seen a few episodes of Nashville, but what I've seen, the, the storytelling is first rate. Mm-hmm. And they also managed to weave in incredibly good music and oh, production yeah. value at the same time. And that was country. Uh, Empire was more hip-hop. We certainly mm-hmm. weren't trying to feed off that energy, but we had noticed a uh, a shortage in the market of yeah. Latino music. And mm-hmm. uh, Dolphin Entertainment happened to represent one of the singular talents I've ever had the privilege of working with in Anna Villafania. And I'd worked with her for years before. And initially when I created Carmen's Words, I didn't know if she could pull it off because she was so young. But right. as she aged, when I, I worked with her on a, uh, a thriller a couple of years ago, and I couldn't believe how much she, she'd learned and how far she'd come. And now she's headlining on Broadway in a, uh, a major show and playing the uh, young... Wow. Uh, uh, um, I'm, 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 I'm playing Miami Sound Machine, uh, Gloria Stefan. Oh, and Gloria Stefan. Oh, you're kidding. And, yeah. And oh. I mean, Anna, we always pegged as, as soon as we solidified the outlines. We knew Anna was was Carmen, and Carmen was the the, the tent pole of the show. Everything was going yeah. to, in my, in my opinion, sort of fall around that, just because I knew Anna, I knew how to write for Anna, um, you know, I knew her strengths, and I knew that she didn't really have any weaknesses that I could perceive as an actress. So I just felt free to kind of go with that, and I did. And, you know, certainly other characters, as you've mentioned, the magnificent Jordi Villasisa, who I had, you know, <laughs> Isaac is one of my three favorite characters. And it's so rare to see your character come to life in a way I saw Jordi take on Isaac. And it was such a pleasure. Yeah. But when I saw the two of them take shape and their characters were so integral to the arcs mm-hmm. of their storylines, and the A stories and the B stories and the C stories that you have to have in place for a successful show, I just thought they were incredible. And oh, yeah. I, I was, I mean, and, and as soon as I saw Jordy Reed, and I always knowing how to <laughs> pull it off without, without a wit, uh, it, it, was, it was incredible. So uh, in terms of the music and that coming together, we knew we had Anna's voice and Anna's range, and we just wanted to encompass that the sound of Miami without going too strongly in one way or another. We didn't want to go too much pop. We didn't want to go too hard on the uh, uh, Tejano sound. We didn't want to go too hard on the Latino sound. We didn't want to go hard on the jazz sound. And the, the people we worked with were incredibly giving and created songs we just loved. I mean, between Fahrenheit, as you heard and you played originally, yeah. and uh, uh, Michael's songs, the DJ. I love Michael's songs. Oh, that was awesome. I mean, Dennis. Love Michael. Can I say his last name? Is last name is Akdenis? Is that is that it? I don't know if I said that uh, right. Dennis. Yes. Uh, Dennis Akdenis. Uh, Sorry, I said it wrong. Myself, if you're listening. No, I trust me. It took some practice on my part. It's one of those names you have to hear him pronounce <laughs> itself in order to get it perfectly right. And it, it took me a handful of times to really nail it. Oh, good. Well, then I don't feel bad. Not at all. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I love his character, um, and yeah, the, the the mixing. I love that that little session. I can't remember if it's episode three or four, where he he gets to play with you know with the big boys with the big machine and put, putting sound together. It's 
to watch that his character kind of hopefully get noticed and uh and I love the the flirtation that uh that he has with um Carmen as well. Um I like them together. I think they're cute. <laughs> Uh, and they had great chemistry on set, too. It was a pleasure watching yeah. that come to fruition because it's just one of those things you can hire the two greatest actors in the world for it, and if they just don't work well together or if they just don't have that spark, it's not going right. to pay off. So we got lucky exactly. there, at least, at least so, in my opinion. We got lucky there. Well, did you have – well, you you're ta- you talked about, you know, in Carmen, you know, Anna. Um, do you Did you have all of – did you do all of the casting decisions? Were you involved in all of that when you were looking for people? To oh yes. Uh, they, yeah, you absolutely. did. Okay. I, I, I mean, I sat in and I, I certainly saw everyone. But we had, I don't want to. Uh, we had a bi-coastal. I almost called it tri-coastal because it was Los Angeles and New York and Miami. Uh, and it, it's, it was some people were simple <laughs> to find. There was, uh, yeah. There was one character I specifically wrote for an actor that I had worked with uh, on a show I shot in Miami years before, hoping that there was a possibility we might get him. And it just so happened we were lucky enough to get him as well. Uh, and oh. Another one of the, the great actors I've worked with who uh, played Donovan Lee or Steve Dumichel. I specifically wrote that role for him because wow. there are just so few men I've met that I could think would could pull it off. And I, right. I, I just didn't think we were going to get... De Niro. So, yeah. Steve, I. Well, you could have tried. Seconds of that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was a, it was a pleasure. Uh, otherwise, no. I mean, the, the casting is it's it, it's one of those strange processes where you immaterial of how much time you put into a character, what people take away from it is is everything. It's like going to a museum. You see five paintings. Some people like all five. Some people hate all five. Some people like a couple. <laughs> exactly. it, it's amazing hearing people's reactions, not just to my scripts, but to hearing their reactions to people reading my scripts. So some people I thought were phenomenal, didn't get the role. Uh, other people I thought were not perfect and got the role and blew me away <laughs> when they played it. So I, 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 as I said, I could not have imagined a better cast to encompass the characters that I created because – it was the first time I ever worked on something where I was so gratified by how it turned out with casting. And nobody right. ever, I've never worked on one thing where everyone was like, yes, we're all in agreement <laughs> on every single role. Perfect. Right. Oh, that's so funny. Well, you know, and I do think a lot of it is chemi- it's natural chemistry, you know, and it, and when, when these characters have it, you know, I think most everybody that you've got um, coupled work. Um, for me, anyway, they all kind of they all just have some natural and, uh, chemistry, and so um, it's just it's just fun to watch and see where it's going to go with everything. Um, you know, is there anything? When is when is the new season going to start? When are you going to release them all at once again, or how, how are you guys doing all of that? You know, I I, I wish I was at liberty to release that. Uh, so far, they've just told me I can say we are working on the outlines and the scripts are coming right. soon, and we hope to have it out very soon. But, again, there is always the challenge of not that Dumb and Dumber 2 wasn't a fabulous film, but you don't want to fall into the <laughs> trap of waiting too long to capitalize on right. past success. 
So exactly. we're certainly under a, under the gun here, and we realize that because every single month there's new fantastic entertainment being churned out because there is there are so many platforms today. So we yeah. are we are hard at work and hoping to have it out very soon. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, then, yeah. You just mentioned all the platforms and watching online is sort of like the thing now. I mean, I watch online. I've I've got Hulu and Netflix and you know every other Amazon. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, what do you think about this sort of boom in the online arena? Uh, I, you know, I mean, I'm loving it because it gives, it, it allows for creativity that I don't think you get with the network. I think that because the networks are so, you know, money, money targeted or whatever, you know, all they care about is money. I mean, I know who does, you know, they do, but you get to take liberties when you're writing for a show like this that's going to be just released online. What are your feelings on that? Oh, I I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, It's giving so many people who never had a voice, a voice and a platform to get their work out there and to to be seen. And immaterial of levels of success, I mean, you always hear about the phenomenal success story of the young woman who published some – fan fiction novel that turned out to be the new hot young adult property in Hollywood or you you hear a lot about those. You just don't hear the people who simply have the gratification of seeing their work produced because they spent their whole life as an accountant or as a lunch lady or as whatever they were doing that wasn't creatively satisfying. All of a sudden they're given the opportunity to have their work produced in in, in whatever capacity and whoever sees it. The fact I've noticed from so many of them is that it's so gratifying to have their work appreciated on any level. So I, I think it's amazing, and I, I couldn't support it more. Uh, and certainly we're seeing, you know, all sorts of problems in films as budgets go skyrocket. And people are taking comfort in simple pleasures. And, you know, I, certain sides, even like Funny or Die, and I don't write comedy, but I'm amazed by how many people and how many homes that's worked its way into to, to give them pleasure. YouTube has right. all these incredible channels. I just saw some list of all these young kids who are making millions off of, you know, doing comedy or playing video games or playing their music on YouTube. God bless them. Isn't I mean, the crazy? fact that that's even out there, it's, it's, it's yeah. so extraordinary. I, when I first got to L.A., all the billboards were advertising movies that were coming out. Now you see advertisements for television shows, for digital television shows, for YouTube channels, for yep. some 17-year-old kids that are, have some comedy trio that are completely mm-hmm. redefining the way we access that type of material. So God bless them. I love it. I'm amazed by it, and I cannot support it more because it's gratifying as an artist on any level to see your work produced. Yeah. And and you're right. I mean, I think it's just incredible what's happening. I, anybody can can do whatever it is that they want, what they're passionate about. And I think that's what has the internet has sort of opened everybody up. You know, it's been able it's been able to do that. So um, it's been a very interesting uh, uh, time in television and and in movies. Um, DVDs are getting released on digital now. You know, that's the biggest thing and it's, it's it's fascinating to me how it's all clicked. In the last, I would say, five years, it's really just kind of completely, you know, I guess, blown up, and and it's been it's been fun to watch and be a part of that as well. So, um, well, okay. So before I let you go, let's just 
our show. How would you describe it? <laughs> How would I describe my show? <laughs> uh, you know, I, what I really tried to do is something that I I don't know if I was successful in doing it. I certainly won't claim that, but what I set out to do was to try to encompass what I perceived as the lifestyle on South Beach and everything that really happens, both above the surface and below it on South Beach. Because you consistently hear stories about, oh, there's gangsters in New York and London and Beijing and Sydney. But you don't see them. I mean, in the life that I lead, I don't on any you know regular basis happen to run into assassins right. or sexy bartenders <laughs> who are also choreographers or whatever have you. I, I wanted right. to introduce all of the incredible personalities I had the opportunity to meet in my years in Miami into uh, a, a fictional narrative. So I, I wanted to recreate a city. My My passion for TV over creating worlds in film is the fact that you get to create a world. Film is much more restrictive. Uh, in television, right. you actually get to create, whether or not it's real, that's immaterial. I mean, whether it's, it's the world of, of Twin right. Peaks or the Island of Lost, or it's actually in New York City. It's your right. universe that you're inviting people into. I try to invite people into the universe I happen to perceive as South Beach. Sexy, dark, criminal, overprivileged, underprivileged, hunger, desire, everything you could possibly want because it's the most unique place. I've I've been privileged enough to travel the world. Never been to a place like Miami. Excuse me, South Beach. It is a total world unto itself. If you cut off the the only way to access it is by bridge. There are and on New Year's Eve they cut them off. And you are literally on an island in America that's also practically part of the Caribbean and has is the only major American city that is not majority Caucasian. So it is extraordinary to be part of that experience and to see the underbelly, whether or not you're attracted to that life. I feel like almost everyone has to admit a certain fascination with crime and criminal and murder Mm -hmm. at the same time. Right. Right. Big business and its impact on a small community. Well, I so think that was it's it in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. So people can watch it on Hulu.com right now. Um, the Twitter is South Beach Fever, at South Beach Fever. Do you guys have a website? Uh, no, we do not have a website. It is also accessible the same way on Facebook. And uh, it okay. has six-month exclusive run on Hulu, and then we are going to AOL and two other outlets after that, I believe, awesome. uh, in, in succession as we mount season two, which we hopefully will be shooting very soon, and I will be able to release more details. Ah, well, I'll keep you in my uh, email list. I'll- I'll email you in a little while to find out what's happening and, and maybe when the season starts, you know, you can come back on and we can talk. Maybe after you release it so I can actually talk about it. That would be awesome. It would be my pleasure, yes. The uh, the NDAs they make you sign are all-encompassing, so you just can't reveal too much. All right. I guess I'll let you get away with it this time, but next time... <laughs> Well, thank you so much for all your time. Sure. It's been my pleasure.
Thank you for having me. All right. All right. Great. Well, thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Okay, so that was Brian Hurwitz. He's the writer, and basically it's his brainchild. Um, If you haven't seen it yet, South Beach, it really does capture the flavor of Miami. I actually used to live uh, in Fort Lauderdale, so I totally, that's immediately, you know, I felt like he captured the atmosphere and and the way it is in South Beach. And, uh, And I think that, too, and I didn't talk to him about this, but I, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the telenovas that are on. There's a, uh, Hulu has a whole bunch of telenovas uh, and uh, different um, shows that they're doing. And so I really think that fans of a soap opera or even, you know, fans that love murder mysteries and drama uh, with a little bit of spice on the side, I, I really do recommend that you go and check it out. It's South Beach. It's on Hulu.com. Um, again, follow them on Twitter at South Beach Fever. And, uh, yeah, so I will definitely continue following this, and uh, I will bring you more information when I have it for the second season. So thanks so much, Brian. Appreciated your time. Uh, okay, so I just have a few things that I wanted to discuss briefly. Um, I mean, if you guys know me, I don't know if you know me, but if you do know me, um, I, I took out, I, okay, I've always been at Our Heart Radio, but I've actually taken the Our Heart out now because it came from, it stemmed from the Reluctant Heart fan board that I used to, that I used to have. Um, and uh, anyway, so right now I am just the Fans Voice Network. And uh, so I changed my Twitter. It's not at Our Heart Radio anymore. It's at TSB Chrissy. So I will be on there. I go on there and I tweet about, you know, different shows and things. Um, do a lot of, like, you know, general hot days of our lives and things like that. Um, but I will be starting to um, delve more into prime time as well with, on that one. I also have the At the Addicts account, and I'm usually over there during prime time shows for, like, Sleepy Hollow and Once Upon a Time and The Walking Dead and Vampire Diaries, the originals, you know, all of those shows. So please uh, do me a favor and follow me. If you like this broadcast, please follow it. Um, I Also, be sure to check out my website, which is thefansvoice.net. I uh, post exclusive interviews with actors and producers and writers that I talk to from different television shows, including, you know, South Beach, Sleepy Hollow, all of the ones that I've um, mentioned. Uh, I am going to be interviewing Andrew J. West tomorrow, who was on The Walking Dead last season uh, as Garth the Cannibal. So that ought to be interesting. Uh, So that's where I'm posting stuff. So please go over there and and follow that that website. Um, And... uh, other than that, there's been uh, lots of other stuff going on uh, with Sleepy Hollow. Um, it's basically the shit hit the fan uh, on Tuesday. Or, yeah, it was a Tuesday. I think it was, no, it was Monday when uh, fans were all up in arms because uh, the showrunner Clifton Campbell indicated in the Hollywood Reporter interview that he was not pursuing Ichabod and Abby as a relationship 
people that know me know I love Ichabod, Ichabod, the push name. Um, and, and anyway, it sparks a huge uh, wave of negativity about the show and the way it's going. And I just want to tell everybody, you know, <clears throat> we're only on episode six tomorrow. Um, I've been told that things are really going to start revving up starting with tomorrow's episode. Please continue to watch and support the show. We are doing a trending event um, between 8 and 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, hashtag support Sleepy Hollow, and between 9 and 10 p.m. Eastern Time during Sleepy Hollow, hashtag Sleepy Hollow. I'm asking uh, for all fan bases to please help us trend that. Um, And uh, there's going to be some stuff going on as we get come up towards the the fall finale. And I I don't want to give too much away, but please continue to support the show. Um, And, you know, I mean, I understand everybody has their feelings, and and that's fine. I I just don't agree with attacking the the writers and being uh, just really rude uh, to get your point across. There's no need for that. You can get your point across and be constructive so that it won't fall on deaf ears. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, so, again, tomorrow, um, City Hollow is, has been changed to Thursdays, 9 p.m. on Fox. We uh, will be trending City Hollow during that uh, broadcast. Um, for anybody that's interested in coming on the show or would like me to interview them, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, or you can still email me, ourheartradio at hotmail.com. So it's funny that uh, Bruce, that Bryce, he just mentioned um, uh, Gloria Stefan, uh, that Anna is actually playing her um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a production. Because tonight the exit the exit audio is I decided to use uh, rhythm is gonna get you by the Miami Sound Machine. So uh, so I'm gonna uh, leave you with that um, and uh, please uh, go ahead and follow me and um, watch Southeast on Hulu. You'll love it. I'm out of here. Have a good night, everyone. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah.
the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.